words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Our Old Testament lesson for today comes from the book of Kings, chapter 22. It takes place during the period of the divided kingdom, where as a result of the sins of Solomon, Judah and Israel had split into their own separate national identities. During the reign of King Josiah of Judah, who had become a king at the age of eight, both the Assyrian and Egyptian empires had fallen into decline, and the tiny nation of Judah was able to enjoy a period of relative independence from the influence of foreign powers. At the beginning of chapter 22 of the second book of Kings, Josiah is described as a king who did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and in the way of David, his ancestor. However, many of the kings who preceded Josiah had not done right by, right by God, and his judgment had already been pronounced against the nation of Judah. Sometime around the year 621 B.C., during the 18th year of his reign, Josiah launched a program of national renewal and religious reform that focused around worship in the temple at Jerusalem. Before that time, especially during the previous 60 years under the reign of Josiah's father and grandfather, people ignored Yahweh, the one true God of Israel, and worshiped the pagan idols that were fashioned and placed on altars in the temple. Josiah, however, ordered the pagan altars torn down, as well as the destruction of the stone idols, and embarked upon his campaign to restore the temple to its proper use. Hilkiah, the high priest of the temple, in the meantime, found the book of the law of Moses, which had been ignored for quite some time. This book would have contained the first five books of today's Bible and would provide Josiah with instructions that God mandated to do what was right in the sight of the Lord. Up until then, Josiah could only reconstruct the system of temple worship based upon tradition and hearsay. And because Josiah was repentant, God promised that he would delay his punishment against Judah by staying their sentence as long as Josiah remained alive. Chapter 23 of the second book of Kings describes the actions that Josiah took, stating that before him there was no king like him who turned to the Lord with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might, nor was there any like him who came after. In fact, the next four kings would be judged as evil in the sight of God, Consequently, after Josiah was struck down in battle, God finally exacted his promised punishment. Judah was conquered, the temple was destroyed, and the people were exiled to Babylon. Tradition, tradition attributes Psalm 27 to David. Verses of Psalm 27, which we read today, could very well have described Josiah's feelings as he tore his clothing while, he, while hearing the words of the book of the law and realizing how his ancestors, in direct opposition to the wishes and desires of King David, had allowed the people to commit such sinful violations against God. 
some of the verses read. One thing have I desired of the Lord, one thing I seek. Even though, even that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the fair beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Therefore, I will offer in his dwelling an oblation with great gladness. I will sing and speak praises unto the Lord. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in the right way because of my enemies. While God has revealed himself to all in nature and people can see the great wonders of creation, when we open our eyes to the world around us, we, unlike Josiah, also have the complete Old and New Testaments of the Bible so that we may know the history of God's people, learn God's commandments, and can receive the guarantee of salvation through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Our epistle for today also reminds us that unlike Josiah, who only had the prophets, we have the Holy Spirit who works in us, and therefore we have the mind of Christ so that we can understand the things that are freely given to us by God. Finally, the gospel reminds us that like Josiah's ancestor and, the des and descendants, we are in danger if we relax or disobey God's commandments and cause others to do so also, as did those kings before and after Josiah's time. We are like the city on a hill or the lamp in the lampstand and cannot hide our true light from God. God knows our innermost feelings and thoughts, and if we are to truly honor him and worship him, we must also ask for his help. Perhaps Matthew in the gospel was also suggesting, like the salt of the earth which loses its tastes and needs restoration, we without God's help have lost our salt or our worth. And without God's intervention to restore us, we are no longer good for anything. Our lack of saltiness can only be restored through baptism in Christ. And it is that baptism which we celebrate today when baby Wendell receives his assurance that God will accept him into his church, the church that we prayed for in today's collect, so that the Holy Spirit may grow in him as he grows in life. In the Roman church, salt is sometimes used for liturgical purposes in baptism. Catechumens were traditionally given salt several times a year. It was, it was a sacramental sign typically given to with bread or placed directly on the tongue of the baptismal candidate. It was considered a preservative for those candidates in an analogy to the way that salt is used to flavor and preserve food for our use yesterday and today. It is also a recollection of the gospel verse that we just read, as well as the imparting of a ceremonial seasoning of wisdom. And so today, as we celebrate the baptism of Wendell Stephen Clark, may we restore our own spiritual saltiness as we reaffirm our, as we reaffirm our new vows of baptism. And may we remember that unlike King Josiah of Judah, whose efforts for a time restored the proper temple of worship that had grown corrupt and stale, our baptism and our commitment to Jesus Christ 
restores and revitalizes us by providing the Holy Spirit who guides and encourages us so that we have the mind of Christ and can understand the things that are freely given to us by God, including the gift of eternal life. In the name of God the Father, Son, 